This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the Thursday edition, one step closer to the weekend. We hope you're having a great week, Raider Nation. He is Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. He is also the Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, Scott Branson with you, and we are just happy to be able to Breathe another day and talk to you about Raiders football as we go into this really pivotal offseason for this franchise again, uh, for, which seems like the Raider fans have had to hear that every year. But really, they, they have some talent. They need to do a lot of work. Uh, and GM Dave Ziegler, as we mentioned on Tuesday's show, has a lot of work to do. But one of the things they know is they have, uh, based on this past year, they have the best running back in the NFL. Josh Jacobs won the rushing title, 1,600 yards. Uh, Josh Jacobs was denied his fifth-year option going into the season. Still believe that that was the right call for the Raiders, but Josh Jacobs went out and he did it. He not only stayed healthy the entire season, but he won the rushing title. He was the offense MVP for this Las Vegas Raiders team. So we look at the situation, and I know you're working on a piece, Mo, that people can catch mm-hmm. uh, up. Is that going to be on Bleacher Report or Sports Not? Sports Not, actually. That's going to be actually, on Sports Not. Are you talking about the Josh Jacobs piece? Yes, it's up already. It's up already. Mm-hmm. See, there it is. I haven't had time to read it yet. So Mo's going to tell me <laughs> so, I, so I can read it later. Uh, but anyway... You look at Josh Jacobs and his contribution, um, and in, in my view, I told you on the last show, I thought that there was no way now with them moving on from Derek Carr, and whatever they do a quarterback will obviously be a huge story, but to me, they have to sign Josh Jacobs now, and the way you do that, though, is where the detail, the devil's in the details. If you look at this team, let me get your first year view, and I know you expressed it a little bit in your piece, but how important now is it for this team? I know the running back position in the NFL isn't what it used to be, but now where this team is at, how important is it for them to bring Josh Jacobs back? I think it's very important simply because if you look at Josh McDaniel's history with with the Patriots, yeah, he had Tom Brady, but I believe more times than not, he also had our top 10 rushing offense. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, he's done it in different ways. He's had multiple backs a lot of times, and we talked about that in the on the this past offseason. But he's also had a, a workhorse back a few times. If you remember, like Garrett Blount went off one year. Oh, yeah. I believe it was one of their Super Bowl years. He went off, and he had well over 1,000 yards. 
And he was basically the only guy getting carries. And that's basically what Josh Jacobs was this year. So Josh McDaniels knows how to build a good rushing attack, whether it's a one-man back, a one-man wrecking crew, a two-man backfield, a platoon of three, four running backs. He knows how to field a good rushing offense. So I think Josh Jacobs is important to the success of that offense. The other thing is, because you're letting Derek Carr go, we're assuming that he's going to get traded, it's important to maintain as many leaders as you can on the offensive side of the ball. I know Devontae Adams is there, but as I said on the previous episode, the players, the players in that locker room wanted Josh Jacobs to be a captain, and I think that speaks volumes, and that's important for, for, for a football team that's, again, letting go of one of their, their leaders. So as far as, as far as the details, I know we're going to dive into that, but I think there's one thing that was overblown about Josh Jacobs and his fifth-year option. A lot of people say, well, the Raiders made a mistake, and they're probably regretting not exercising his fifth-year option because it was only $8 million. Listen, if, Raiders fans, if you're listening to me right now, if you win the <laughs> rushing title in 2022 yes. and you have one year left in your deal, you're telling your agent, I want a new contract now. Right. So I think I think Josh Jacobs would have pushed for a new deal, even even if the Raiders had exercised a fifth year option. I don't Great think point. he would have paid. I don't think he would have played on that fifth year eight million dollar option after winning the rushing title. You're going to your agent saying, "Look, this is the best I've been. Let's go get the money now." Right. And if you look at the way Dave Dave Ziggler has done business, he gave Hunter Renfro an extension with years left on his deal. With a year left on his deal, mm-hmm. he gave Darren Waller an extension with two years left on his deal. So if I'm Josh Jacobs, I'm saying if those guys an extension with time left in the deal i should be able to get an extension with time left in my deal especially after the year that i just had yeah especially i mean darren waller's missed i mean at the time of it it only missed half a little bit less than half a year now he's missed basically half a year of the last two seasons uh and so so different different thing there but mo you let's talk about that structure because you're right i think i think listen it no matter what would have happened even if he was on the option um, right. You're right. They would have wanted to renegotiate, and and deservedly so. Yeah. To your point, right? So exactly. you, he he earned it, and and so you want to do that. But now the franchise tag. I'm going to throw this up there on the screen for those of you watching us. But the franchise tag. This is projected, right? This is from uh, OTC, um, and and we don't know that this is it. But this they're they're usually pretty dang close. You can see the franchise tag is 10.1 million. The transition tag, which I don't think would apply here, is 8.9 basically. So so you're looking at this and and you're saying, okay, at worst, if if, if you can't negotiate a deal with him. Uh, by the date, uh, by the end of the the NFL year, start of the new new NFL year, and tell me if I have my dates right here, Mo. Then what they could do is they, if they're negotiating and they still haven't come to a deal, hopefully they come to a deal before that. But let's say they don't, because the Raiders have a lot to do. They can say, hey, listen, in good faith, we're going to tag you, okay? We're going to tag you, and then we're going to keep on negotiating. They can do that, can they not, Mo? Absolutely. So the tag opens. The, the time frame to tag a player opens at the end of February. I believe it's February 21st. 21st, yeah. And it ranges to March 7th. So they could tag a player in between that time period. Then they have, from the time they tag a player until July 15th, which is the deadline to work out a long-term deal with franchise tag players, they have about a five-month span to work with Josh Jacobs or whoever they tag. Again, that deadline is January, July 15th. So... They have more than enough time to work to hammer out a deal. And I wrote this in my piece that I expect the Raiders to tag Josh Jacobs. To me, it's the it's the it's the practical thing to do. Especially Josh McDaniels has said that they've had talks with Josh Jacobs and they and they they're gonna try to work out an extension with him. So to me, I would I would expect a tag. 
it's kind of like a placeholder contract to say, look, mm-hmm. we're gonna, as you said, we're gonna tag you, but we're gonna continue to work with your camp on a new deal. Now, ideally speaking, you'd want the two sides to come to an agreement on a contract, and you would think they'd be able to do that because the Rays are gonna have a lot of cap space. I wrote about this. They're gonna have over sixty million cap space, assuming Derek Carr is traded or cut. So yeah. they'll have the they'll have the wiggle room. Even if they go get a Tom Brady, they'll have the wiggle room to work out a long term contract with Josh Jacobs, and they'll have a lot of time to do it. Now, what you worry about is if they don't come to an agreement and they head into training camp and there's no deal in place, is Josh Jacobs going to be disgruntled? Now, the way mm-hmm. the collective bargaining agreement is set up, there's no real benefit to holding out. But you see players now hold in. That was a thing. Last summer, where players would come to practice, but they wouldn't participate in any drills. They would just kind of be off on the side mm-hmm. doing individual things and working with their trainers. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I think the Raiders have enough cash space where they can work out a deal with Josh Jacobs before July 15th deadline. Yeah, and this is where I also think, you know, we talked about, and, and it seems to be, you know, if we shook the magic eight ball, right? If we shook the magic eight ball, it would probably say it appears so. And this is the all the Brady to Vegas talk. And I I bring up Brady right now because, um, number one, the Raiders would be much more appealing to Brady with some new offensive linemen, yes, but also with the running back. I mean, he ran that that New England offense. He knows how it runs, clearly. He knows when it's successful, he not only has to perform well, but he knows that they have a good running offense as well. And so I think that would be very appealing to him. Uh, and so all these little pieces of the puzzle, Mo, getting one player that begets another player, then begets another player, to me is a little bit of the drama and the mystique will see this offseason because this is what will happen is if you get, you know, you have Devontae Adams there. He said he wants to stay a Raider clearly and with the cap space and all that stuff, you know, that's going to happen. But for him to be bought in and really feel good about things, he wants to see them make the right moves. Signing Josh Jacobs would be that move. So then you have Jacobs and you have Adams, your two offensive leaders at this point without a quarterback, they would be very happy. Then you have your quarterback. So if you bring in the quarterback, if it is Tom Brady, great. Then you suddenly, you have your offense pretty much. You just need to get that offensive line in shape if you don't do it beforehand. So you look at all of this together, and this is where I think, I I believe, I really believe, and you guys can all tell me if I, I was wrong, I really believe that Josh Jacobs will be the first domino to fall. I believe they will actually, as much as we're talking about scenarios about tagging in the time between March and July to be able to sign him, I think they will do that early because like they did last year in tying up their core players, I think going into another year of uncertainty with some of those roster guys, you need to do that. You also need to do that to set up yourself better for free agency. Absolutely. And to your point about Brady, let's just remember – what type of offense Brady has right now? He doesn't have a run game in Tampa Bay. Tampa no, Bay is nothing. last. He's Tampa Bay is last in rush attempts, last in rushing yards. So that offense, that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, is all Brady, and he knows he's going to be forty six years old. He he doesn't want to be. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't want to have to throw the ball seven hundred plus times to get the, get an offense going. If he looks at the Rays and says, "Okay, they resign Josh Jacobs, I'm going to actually have a running back I can rely on and depend on <laughs> to help me carry this offense along with Devontae Adams and whoever they keep on the outside." So I think, as to your point, Josh Jacobs is a, is an appealing piece if you're trying to attract a Tom Brady who's coming from an office that doesn't have a ground attack. Right. But uh, go ahead. No, but I was going to say, as, as far as the time frame is concerned, I, I'm with you. I think I think the Raiders work out a deal with 
Josh Jacobs sooner than later, simply because, I mean, unless he wants, now it all depends on what Josh Jacobs wants. If he wants to reset the market, if he wants to make 15, 16 million, then talks can stall and, and it may not, it may not happen. Cause I don't, I don't right. see right. Dave Ziggler wanting to reset the market with the running back. But if Josh Jacobs is willing to set up for about 13, 14 million, I can see getting that done because he, he'll be a top four paid running back and the Raiders won't have to reset the market at the position. Yeah, I'll settle for 13 or 14 million. <laughs> I'll settle for 13. Million. <laughs> right. Well, which, which also, though, Mo, you, as, as part of the situation with Josh Jacobs, um, you mentioned the Raiders cap position. I'm going to throw this up, too, and, and talk about it. I know, I know a lot of folks don't like PFF pro football focus. I like pro football focus. Uh, I'm not saying that they're the Bible of everything, but they do do some interesting anal analytics work. And they have their NFL offseason resources composite table where they basically rank teams based on draft capital, effective cap space, and proratable money, right? So money they can move forward uh, and and free up space. So basically, the, the state of the financial piece of the player personnel side for the NFL teams. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, and they looked at this, and they they just published it uh, on Wednesday, and they weighed it this way: draft capital, the weight gi given is one point five, effective cap space is one, and, and proratable money is a quarter percent, basically a quarter point, I should say. So I'm going to show this. I'm going to put it up on the screen uh, here and cover our faces with it. But if you look at this composite table, you have the Texans, Bears, Seahawks, and then the Raiders. They rank the Raiders at ninety point three out of a hundred. So you can have a composite score of 100, which the Texans, who are you know, obviously the worst team in the league and, and should have had the number one pick, because, but Lovey Smith gave him a little gift on his way out. Um, uh, but they, you look at this situation, the Raiders with a 90.3 are fourth in the NFL. The scary one in this one, for those uh, that are watching or listening, is the Seahawks at three because the Seahawks are a playoff team this year and they have all those draft picks from Denver. Thanks to the Russell Wilson trade. Um, they can turn that thing around and be very, very, very good very quickly. But Mo, you look at this and you look at the Raiders cap percentile at just under 71% draft percentile at 90.32%. And then the pro rate percent, uh, which is far less important under 20%. But you look at that and this tells you that the Raiders you know, you you look at you and I have been talking about it for a week about all these holes they have to fill, and I keep telling fans because they're oh it's going to take us three four years. I don't think so. If big if the big if is if Dave Ziegler does his job really well, mixture of great I shouldn't say great very good hitting on high round draft picks, supplementing with good middle round draft picks, and then signing the right free agents that perform up to their contracts. The Raiders could turn this around pretty quickly, Mo. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl next year, but they could quickly become a player on the AFC side in two years. It's not an impossible job. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is if you've been a Raider fan for the past, I don't know, <laughs> decade, you've seen a lot of wasted money in free agency. You've yeah. seen a lot of 
first round bust, a lot of early round bust guys who don't even finish their rookie contracts. So I get why they're pessimistic about that. But as, as I've said on previous shows, Dave Ziggler doesn't have a long track record. You can criticize what he's done in year one as a GM, but it's his first year as a GM. You learn and you move on. You hope that get to get better at your job as time goes on. But I, I just feel like I, I'm interested to see what Dave Ziggler has cooked up for free agency and the draft this year with the full draft class, with all the cap space that he's going to have, with the options that are going to be out there. Again, not an impossible task to fill their holes. But as you said... He's got to be on the ball. He's got to mm-hmm. hit on a lot of his draft picks. And those free agents that he brings in have to be immediate impact players because if they're not, then the Raiders are going to have a slow rebuild. Right. And and I think I think I they have draft capital. It's not like they're the Seahawks with the most draft capital in the history of mankind almost. Um, but if if I'm the Raiders too, I think the the situation at at on the right side of the offensive line. You got to look at getting, and I haven't looked at the free agent list yet, Mo. I'm sure you have, but free agent list, and then maybe even possibly a trade. Uh, if you you need to get a stud, especially if you do do a, a Brady situation, you got to get two studs right away on that offensive line on the right side. You can't. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You can't wait for a rookie to develop over three years. I'm not saying you don't draft anybody. Now, if they could draft somebody high, although the offensive the tackle side of things in the draft is good, but not great. So, so you look at that and to me, that says they got a lot of work to do there. So we might see some trades, um, especially with some of that draft capital to get somebody now because the pressure, right? You said not only on Josh McDaniels, but on Dave Ziegler, if they had another year, like they had this year, next year, that's not good for him either. But we already know Dave Ziegler is not against doing deals. He traded right. for Devontae Adams, even though a lot of people don't want to give him credit for that. The deal was done <laughs> on his watch. Her car did that. Uh, <laughs> and then he made the trade for Rocky Sin, and that now that deal didn't go as well. But Rocky Sin, before he hurt his knee and missed the last, I believe, five games of the season, he was playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you're missing Yannick Ngakwe, and Yannick Ngakwe had more sacks than Chandler Jones by far, but you look at what Dave Ziegler has done. He's open to all sorts of options, trades and what have yep. you to, to improve his football team. So to your point, I, I think they do swing maybe a trade to get an offensive line because let me tell you, offensive tackles, good offensive, high-end offensive tackles usually don't hit the market. I believe right no. now, in my opinion, the best right tackle that, that is going to be available on the free agent market is, is one of three guys. It's, it's, it's Isaiah Wynn of the Patriots, who's mm-hmm. injury-prone. Yep. It's George Fan who played with the Jets. He had some injuries this year as well, and he's, I believe, about 30 years old. And then it's Kelvin Beecham who played right tackle Beecham. for the Cardinals. I believe those are the top three right tackles on the market if you're going to go the veteran route. Now, if you're going to fill holes elsewhere, I'm looking at – now, a lot of people, I don't want to get into a tangent, but if you're going to fill holes elsewhere, I would, I would go after a veteran defensive tackle. Javon Hargrave is going to be on the market. We'll see what happens with Deron Payne. I think the Washington Commanders are going to tag him, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Jesse Bates is going to hit the market. So you can fill other holes in that roster with some high-end defensive playmakers. It's the yeah. off, As you said, it's the offensive side that I'm worried about because, really quick, Vic Tafer had a report out saying that the Raiders are planning on moving Dylan Parham from guard to center. Right. So what that means is you don't have a starting guard on the roster right now because Alex Bars is not a starter. You got rid of John Simpson. The Raiders need two guards, not one. They need two guards and a right tackle. <laughs> and a right tackle. Oh, that's all. <laughs> Basically the core of your offensive line. Yep. Yeah. And 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 again, a lot of folks, well, we got to draft internal linemen. There's really only three. And they're all, and we, we know one of them, Jalen Carter from Georgia, is going to go high in the draft, probably the Chicago Bears, is my guess. Yep. 
but but you never know. So so there, there's not a lot of guys. This is not a deep draft on the inside of the defensive line. So the Raiders are going to have to find a gem somewhere in the middle rounds, which I think they get somebody in the middle rounds anyway. But they're going to have to go out and get somebody there too. I agree with you 100. God, it seems like the same conversation we had last year, Mo. <laughs> that's a bad sign. If you're talking about the same holes that same you had holes. past off past season, that's not a yes. good sign. Yes. All right. We're going to take our final break of the show. When we come back, we're going to talk about this weekend's NFL wildcard weekend, which they're now calling super wildcard weekend only because they now have a sponsor for that title, but I'm not going to call it super because I don't want to give the sponsor name out. Um, But the wildcard games coming up this weekend, Mo will be covering those games. Of course, Uh, we'll talk a little bit about them and also talk about how they relate to the Raiders a little bit because on the AFC side, especially as you start to look at the landscape for how this Raider team has to build for who they have to beat down the road. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also, hello to our audience, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and 1140 The Bet as well. Don't go anywhere. Mo and I will be right back after these words.